This is the OBX Fishcast. I'm Jody O'Donnell. We release a new Fishcast each Friday. Today we'll get reports from Captain Marty Brill of Beach 104 and 94.5 WCMS. Also, Tony Lombardi, walkingangler.com, will give us some tips when it comes to pier fishing and bridge fishing so as not to scare the fish away. And let's kick things off with an update from the Oregon Inlet Fishing Center. Era, our reporter this morning. Era, how's that fishing yesterday? I know it was a bit breezy. We had a little bit of wind here yesterday, so it kept our big guys in, our big boats. But we did manage to get a nearshore boat out, and he was seeing black drum, sheephead, sea bass, blues, and Spanish mackerel. And we also sent out a couple of inshore guys, drum, bluefish, and speckled trout. How about so, Miss Oregon Inlet? We do have a boat going out today. It's almost full, actually. But we do have tickets available the rest of the week. Safari Dolphin Tour, is that available? It is. We um, have availability five times a day, starting at 7.30, last trip, 7.30 in the morning, and the last trip sails at 5.30. Like I said, we do have plenty of tickets still available for that as well. Looking at the forecast for the weekend, it's shaping up to be pretty nice if you like sunshine. Any availability as far as any of the um, offshore, inshore, nearshore boats? Absolutely. Um, and these guys are more than ready to go fishing, so we just need someone on the boat to take them. And, of course, if people want to just see what they're catching, a good way to do it is to actually go down to the Oregon Inlet Fishing Center. What time are you expecting boats back today? Our half-day guys, uh, which I believe are the only ones that are out today, they return uh, once at 11.30 and the second time around 3.30. Website, telephone number to get in touch. Check us out online at Oregon-Inlet.com or give us a call right here at the booking desk, 252-441-6301. Moving on to Captain Marty Brill with his report. Well, good Friday morning in situation leftover hurricane swell and a little bit of northeaster keeping our fleet in. Now, I called around this morning and couldn't find anybody that was open early, and I'm not sure if anybody's going to get out today or not, but I'm kind of doubting it. Um, we've got the weekend ahead of us. We'll have to wait and see. But we did have um, some fishing going on yesterday. Now, there were uh, quite a few puppy drum caught up and down the beaches. Um, Cape Point had a little bit of a bite of puppy drum, and there's been a few fish uh, caught by a few of the inshore boats that have gotten around the inlet and back in the side in both Hatteras and Oregon Inlet. The big drum um, bite has been going on, but it's very scattered as of yesterday evening. They were on a few on the piers, and then, you know, with all this big sea that we had, it's it's really hard to fish for a little bit hard. Even the drum loves the rough weather, but it's just hard to fish for them. But there's a really good sign. This is the peak of the season. And, um, you know, everybody is having a lot of fun catching those. Catch and release, most all of them above the slot. There have been some catches of speckled trout. That has tapered off just a little, but it's still better than average. Um, back in the sound and a lot of the spots that we like to fish around. And there are spots uh, and sea mullet in the surf, along with this puppy drum, a few bluefish. Um, we had a boat went out, a couple boats went out of Hatteras yesterday and caught some bigger size bluefish um, back there, our inshore boats. So there's a little bit of fishing going on. The potential for the offshore fishing is very good. It's, it was good right before all this weather started, and it's, I, I have a feeling it's going to be really good when they get back out, and I know they need to get back out. So hopefully maybe tomorrow will be the day if, if, uh, if a couple of them don't squeak out there today. But that's my fish report for you. 
on this Friday morning. In your update, Marty, that part where you said we got the weekend ahead of us, we'll have to wait and see. I found that to be particularly insightful. Thank you, Dirty. That's why I always need you on this show. This is the OBX Fishcast. We drop a new one each Friday, an essential element of the OBX Fishcast. Tony Lombardi from WalkingAngler.com also drops by Captain Marty's Saturday morning fishing show from 6.30 to 8.30 on Beach 104 and 94.5 WCMS. And Tony, today we're trying to disguise ourselves from the fish. Right. We're going to talk about hide and seek. Uh, many times in the past, we've we've talked about, about different skill sets that anglers use, you know, to catch fish. We talked about gear, techniques, and just general conditions all play a role in the success or failure of you know whether you're going to catch them or not. Today, we're going to discuss being stealth or basically trying to prevent a fish from recognizing us being on the bridge or on the pier. Uh, so it's we use the, uh, the the old game of hide and seek when fishing uh, from shoreline or the bridge. You know, most times anglers don't even recognize that, that they're doing it. They're being stealth. You know, when I was younger, hide-and-seek was a popular kids' game, you know, where we attempted to conceal ourselves from being seen or heard. The goal of the game is to be the last one found. So basically that's what we're looking for when we're on a bridge. We don't want to be seen or, or found uh, by a, a fish that's floating in the water. Oh, anglers frequently use the same skills of hide-and-seek. You know, the angler who stands out on a bridge or, or on a shoreline in bright clothing uh, with erratic movements or, you know, making a lot of noise that's really not natural, you know, to the area is sure to spook an already skittish fish. So you know, we really need to, to think about what we're doing on that, on that pier or on that bridge. So being stealth is really the ticket to improve success. You know, now targeted fish have a tremendous eyesight. We all know that, especially in clear water. But they also have other senses that warn them that danger's present or in close proximity. So anglers should keep this in mind when planning going out on their next fishing trip. You know, selecting a location and even what prey they plan to target. So we want to we want to kind of know what they are looking at when they're in the water looking up. You know, do they recognize the different colors? Do they recognize the tree line or or even the movement of those? So clothing usually is the first line of hide and seek. You know, wearing a contrasting color shirt against either a bright or cloudy day can warn the fish that, you know, something is is there, some danger is present. So anglers should try to avoid standing out from the background. You know, we're on a bridge, we're on a, on a shoreline. We want to kind of mirror what's behind us. So a good rule is if the sky is blue, then we should wear a blue shirt. Similarly, if there is an overcast day, our shirt should match as close to the background as possible. So in this case, your clothing, you know, is going to be pale or maybe light gray. You know, it's, it's just a good rule of thumb. It doesn't work in all these situations, but it's something that I've used for many years. Now, what about partly sunny or partly cloudy days? What colors should we use? Well, neutral or natural, anything that doesn't stand out. The best rule, again, is to follow. Just use colors that are not bright and result in the angler standing out with a background. Okay, now, erratic angler movement can also influence a targeted prey. 
you know, when fishing on a bank or other structure, the angler's movement probably is just as important as camouflage clothing. Trees or other vertical structures do not move erratically unless there's some type of wind or significant weather condition. And fish know that. They know how the wind blows. So fish can sense the surrounding water conditions, including wave action. It can consider wind or other environmental influences. So they, so they will know what is unnatural. Anglers should also limit their movement to a minimum. And the, and the third item is unnatural sounds. Are all are just they're a very important component of being stealth. You you don't want to make a lot of noise. We've always heard that you're on the boat. You don't want to bang your tackle box. You don't want to talk in loud voices, but noise and unusual sounds that are not typically found in a specific area, such as the loud voices, you know, dropping gear, banging rods, etc., uh, do put up a warning. The fish are going to know that. So unusual noise, banging of gear, even at some level of voices. You can be heard and sometimes felt, you know, at a distance underwater. And, and I know we, we, we talk about, you know, fishing on a bridge. When a car runs over a bridge, there's a cer thir certain thump. Well, the fish recognize that to be a normal environmental sound. So they hear that, and that doesn't spook them. But what happens is, is that an angler gets on the pier, and he starts banging his rod up against the, the railing, that's going to spook them because that's not something that they normally hear on a regular basis. So being stealth, using good camouflaging techniques will give you a significant advantage. Smart anglers consider these techniques as well as many others, and these are just a few of what I've used in the past. So the next time you visit your neighborhood tackle shop, you know, take a look uh, at the camouflage section. You might get a little idea of what color is going to work best. But you don't have to actually dress like the fish you're trying to catch. I don't usually dress like a fish unless I want to dress like a shrimp, and we've seen that many times. That's exactly right. Yeah. They do love shrimp. Well, Tony, you're with WalkingAngler.com. You also help out on the Saturday show. Uh, what might we find in WalkingAngler.com if we give that a click? Well, we talked about pier fishing in the last uh, last entry. It goes into all the different techniques that, that I use when I fish one of the piers. I've also included a calendar of all of the upcoming fishing events. A lot of visitors come down. They want to participate in some of the, the tournaments, so I've included those, those items on, on a calendar on my website. Of course, some of those tournaments, there's a long waiting list to absolutely. get in those. Yeah, absolutely. Well, some of them are open. We've got a couple of them coming up in uh, um, in the end of this month. We have the Jim Mulford uh, Redfish Tournament at Jeanette's Pier, and you have Fish Like a Girl down in Avon. And, uh, and of course, there's a lot of things coming up in April or in uh, October. And, of course, October just about here. Uh, Tony, what kind of fishing are you thinking about as we get close to that October? Well, I and I kind of like puppy drum. I know the trout are going to be around for a little bit longer. The, the the puppy drum will be here, and I'm really looking forward to the some of the stripers. And the stripers will be caught right on my favorite pier is the Bebop Pier, uh, and the Little Bridge, and then the Wildlife Pier. When's that season open up? I, they haven't given us a, a date. But it's usually the the first couple of weeks in October. We'll keep an eye out for that. Tony Lombardi, WalkingAngler.com. Tony, thanks for dropping by the OBX Fishcast. Good. Thanks, Jody.
Thanks for catching the latest OBX FishCast. Again, thanks to Captain Marty Brill for dropping by. Era at the Oregon Inlet Fishing Center telling us what was going on there. And Tony Lombardi with WalkingAngler.com. I'm Jody O'Donnell. Next OBX FishCast will be released next Friday. Share it with a friend.